Okay. So, I won a prize. I won a great prize. The prize was a recording session. Okay. Then I found out that my prize was going to take place in Nashville, Tennessee. So then the wheels started turning and nothing came and nothing came and nothing came. And then I was sitting on the couch at my house one day and I was like, what was I like? Gonna take it into Nashville, into Nashville, Tennessee. How should it go? How should it go? How should it go? Got my blue eyes both wide open and I can't even really see. Got a big old smile across my face and I can't even really speak. I'm taking it into Nashville, into Nashville, Tennessee. Okay, now do now do the intro. Now just start. Just start it. Just start it? Yeah. Go for it? Yeah. You're listening to the Overdrive Radio Podcast, and that, as you might have been able to glean from her introduction, was Mandy Jo Pinheiro, the winner of the 2018 Trucker Talent Search, hosted by Overdrive and Red Eye Radio. She and her father and fellow guitarist, Urban Roger Brown, came all the way from Idaho to Nashville this past Tuesday for an all-day Wednesday recording session at Jay's Place, a studio long operated by Jay Vernelli on Music Row. Conveniently, Vernelli also offers up the apartment uh, above the studio to travelers, and it was there that Pinheiro and Brown ran through the beginning of the tune you just heard, Guitar Town, for me and my handy-dandy audio recorder, prepping for the six tracks Mandy Joe would ultimately lay down the following day. I'm Todd Dills, and this podcast edition ahead of the big show next week, we're devoting to Pinheiro and her music. The independent owner-operator, with her husband, William, not to be confused with her guitar, Waylon, hauls step-deck freight, and if things work out, may well make an appearance or two at Matt's in Louisville. I might suggest following her on Facebook to see how the freight gods are smiling on them next week to get them there from their home base in Twin Falls. Meantime, we'll take something of a tour through some of her and her father's music and Mandy Joe and William's independent business over the next half hour or so as she ran me through some of that history and her planning for the session. The conversation took place the night before in the well-appointed apartment above Vernelli's studio, with a Martin guitar hanging on the wall, a trumpet for a lampstand, and many, many more musical elements all around, not least of which were Mandy Joe and Urban Roger Brown. Here's Brown talking about the pair's work on Guitar Town, the track and, uh, and the history of playing together that goes back to the day Mandy Joe picked up a guitar. Brown's own music history goes back farther than that, but... Well, not this song. This yeah, song, yeah. we've been doing it apart because she's been on the road and I've been on the road. Okay. I've been gone for three months uh, south and she's been on the road, so we've been doing it over the phone, yeah. you know, and over... Uh, uh, the, the, uh, we both are horrible at technology. Oh, I might be a yeah, little yeah. bit better than him, but yeah. we tried to do FaceTime. It doesn't work. No, not with guitars. No, and you know, even even a, a email doesn't work. <laughs> you yeah, have to record it and record it and send it. Yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. yeah. So that's how that came about. Yeah, but I wrote it and then I took it over to Dad's, 
And I said, we were, this was before we made any plans to come over here. And he was like, well, I don't really know what the heck you want me to go with you for. And I was like, well, you got to see what I wrote and you got to help me put chords to it. Then you got to help me sing it. And then you got to go with me. And then we built the song from there. I had it all written out with no chords. And he helped me do all the cording for it. And then, is that a word? Cording? Well, you had you had the chords down pretty good anyway. I mean, I mean you had the tune. You knew ish. what you wanted. Yeah. You know, and so we just worked on it and got it straightened around, and then pretty soon it just all come together. Yeah. But then it was it was it was it's kind of nerve wracking because we really haven't got that much practice together. Right. Like in the same room together. Yeah. So that's um, been that's been tough to see. But it'll turn out whatever it is. It'll turn it'll, it'll be great whatever it is. We'll make it work tomorrow. And then I've got a Jay told me he thinks that I might be able to record six songs. Okay. Which I thought was insane. The pair in fact did record six tracks ultimately as noted earlier with well-known session player Wayne Killius on drums for several and Jay Vernally himself laying down bass and keys. Among the songs was the one that Pinheiro wrote utilizing driver's answers to the question of their favorite route on which to truck, Heartbeat. It was ultimately the winning performance at the Great American Trucking Show last year, which all of course brought her here to Nashville. Here's a little taste of it from the studio Wednesday when Jay was working out bass elements. My legal name is Amanda, which yeah. I was named after. Tell them how I got my name. Well, you got it after the Waylon Jennings song with Amanda. And uh, when she got married, I, uh, I added uh, she wanted that, that song to be uh, in her wedding for her and I to dance to when it come time for the father-daughter dance. And, and uh, so uh, I added a new verse to the thing on that back of it, and, and we went and recorded it, and somehow the whole recording got messed up and didn't show up to the wedding. It was luckily, a house. Luckily, we had it on a phone, and so they held the phone up to the microphone and, <laughs> and did it. But that's how that, that came about. Yeah. Brown added a final verse to it and modified the chorus for the wedding. You can hear a little of that here in my rough recording as he put it to tape in the studio on Wednesday. Amanda 
light of my life Well, fate's finally made you a gentleman's wife Amanda, the light of my life Well, fate's finally made you a gentleman's wife So, third song will be Amanda by Urban Roger Brown. And then the fourth song is, um, if we make it that far, is Waylon, William and Waylon. Right. Which is my cheating song. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, is it also about your guitars, by chance? My guitar and my husband. Okay. It's, it's about me cheating on my husband <laughs> with my guitar. <laughs> Gotcha. And then um, I turned the cup song in from um, Anna Kendrick from um, what's that movie? You're gonna miss me by my hair. You'll miss me everywhere. Oh, you're gonna miss me when I'm gone. Well, I changed it to you're gonna miss tr you would miss trucks if they were gone, okay, okay. and so cups. And I gentle on my mind, which is a, a um, Glenn Campbell song, which I rewrote for my mom. Talkman turned to a special reworking of Dolly Parton's Jolene that Pinheiro put together for Arlene Bennett, who's become something of a leading light among the increasingly connected truckers all around the nation using social media as a sounding board and platform for advocacy and organizing around issues. A lot of the recent history activity spurred by antipathy for the electronic logging device mandate. Pinheiro's entry into trucking, following work as a driver for medical couriers in the Pacific Northwest, as you'll hear later, uh, coincided with the 2017 rise of groups like ELD or Me and Operation Black and Blue, through which she and William Pinheiro made a variety of new friends and associates. As with her Heartbeat song, Pinheiro assembled a video built from stills she collected from the community, all sending messages of appreciation to Arlene Bennett. It was just released this week, in fact, the day following our talk here, and you can find it via the post at overdriveonline.com associated with this podcast. Search Arlene Bennett, that's A-R-L-I-N-E-B-E-N-N-E-T-T, -E -E -T, to find it. I rewrote Jolene as Arlene. And we all love Arlene, so it's just about how we all love Arlene. But um, I got all the, I sent all the truck drivers a message, um, personal message, to send me pictures, the message to send me a picture 
of either doing the love symbol or a sign, you know, just to people take a selfie and show how much you love Arlene. And then I put it all into a compilation and, and put it to the song and it's just about done. You wanna play the song for me? Yeah.
When I became a truck driver, I became a truck driver, and that's it. I just got on the road with my husband and started fulfilling this dream of being a truck driver. I had no idea that I would fall head over heels completely in love with the industry. I had no idea. And one of the people, deep, well, I mean, there's a group of people that taught me how to advocate, and Arlene is like the ringleader of that group. I didn't know then. I just I didn't know who she was and I just and she just she's taught me so much just from being her, just from doing her thing, what she does. And uh I had no idea that I would be so involved in wanting to to do that kind of stuff and what a what a what a great person she is. She's just neat. So anyways. How far back does uh the truck trucking go for you? I mean, has it been uh, a very long time no. or a very short time? 2015, I got my license. Okay. I ran locally until 2017. We got our authority. Um, I got on the road with my husband January 1st, 2017, and that's it. Okay. That's it. That's it. Right. Yeah. And so this is kind of in the middle of a lot of the coming together of a variety of people around the country around uh, sort of advocacy uh, in, in a lot of ways against the then very quickly impending uh, uh, electronic logging device yeah. mandate and uh, everything that's happened since then and so that was that was your that was your entry into the sort of over the road yeah yes the and the way it all started for me was that my husband said if the ELD comes in I'm quitting I'm not trucking anymore uh-huh. And I was not okay with that because all I wanted to do was go trucking with him. And so um, as soon as I found out this, the first thing I found out was ELD or me, Tony Justice's ELD or me. And then we started figuring all that stuff out. And then from there, it just kind of, it, it grew into the Monday, December 4th, the Monday event where we did that whole thing. And that was a lot of, that was a lot of, Shelly Conway, Lisa and Lee Schmidt, and all those guys were just, I mean, that's how I learned how to do all that stuff. Huh? The Monday event Pinero here makes reference to is the December 4th, 2017 quote-unquote ELD Media Blitz, during which small groups of drivers hosted media availability events on the subject of the ELD mandate all across the country. Yeah, that's where it all began for me, and that's that was the threat I got. We're, I'm quoting if the ELD is coming, and it came. And we're still we're still trying to do our thing, you know. Most recently, the the new bills that have been reintroduced to get the ten trucks or less exempt. We'll see. I call all of the Idaho representatives one time, and that's not as many as I want to be have done by now. But as soon as math is over, then it'll be like a weekly deal where I call them all. And actually, I've been wanting to get a meeting put up, put together because. William and I went and had a meeting with one of our senators, and he was awesome. He was great. And we learned a lot, and I've been wanting to go back ever since. We just haven't had time, so. And you guys run, um, give me a little uh, background of of the operation. Uh, How long long has William been been, uh, been trucking? Over 30 years. Oh, so he's been in for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I have the ultimate, I have the dream uh, setup of, of learning how to drive truck over the road not everybody gets that right but i get it right and um yeah it really is and he's so he's been doing it forever and 
I met him. I stalked him out on Facebook. I, I saw him on Facebook. He popped up as somebody that might, you know, that I might know. Facebook thought I might know. Okay. I didn't. I thought he was good looking. Said he was single. Doesn't really mean anything usually. Right. Said he was Christian. Doesn't always mean. But said all that. So I friended him. About a week later, he accepted my friend request. And then he sent me a message. How do I know you? Church? You going to school? I'm like, what church do you go to? And he told me. We happened to go to the same church, but he was never there. Why? Because he was hauling cows at the time. So um, we just started messaging back and forth. And then we finally met up. And then the rest is just kind of history. And, okay. and I, I knew that I wanted to meet somebody and drive truck. I knew that's what I wanted to do. And I met him and... And that all turned out. And his big dream was to be the owner-operator. That was never in my... I never... I didn't even know. I just knew big truck drive. That's all I knew. I didn't know all the all the details and politics of driving truck. But he did, and he taught me, and he wanted to be an owner-operator. And we found a truck, and he bought it, and we paid it off. We paid our trailer off. Then we got our authority. I would never suggest doing it any other way from doing it after that. Doing it that way. That was the way to go. And I say that because then last year we did the overhaul on the semi. He did it all. We yeah. went, we bought the kit and got pulled the thing in the backyard. We spent July 4th, two weeks over July 4th, doing the overhaul on that motor. I learned how to clean parts and I learned a lot of stuff. I mean, I I did a lot of things. I can't say I learned it, but... I did a lot of things, but... That's a big undertaking for sure. Yeah. Um, it's... The truck is a 379 Peterbilt. Okay. 2005. Okay. So, so what do you guys haul? 48-foot step deck. Freight-wise, um, just going all over it's the country. It's open deck. It's exercise freight. And uh, um, one thing that we've been taking a lot is loads out from Salt Lake City out to Louisville, Kentucky... Because they are building a new Granger warehouse over there in or outside. Well, it's kind of Louis. It's Louisville. Yeah. And uh, they these big operating elevator systems that move pallets around in warehouses. Right. And um, we've been taking those for the last six months. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and they just changed over from regular loads to oversized loads, so we've had to permit the last couple of loads. But it's fine. But we'll take anything. We've we've we took we brought in, in, uh, blah, 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 infiltrators back last load Trains from to Oregon. Oregon. Yeah, the um, CSX. Oh, Motive Power in Boise, Idaho builds train cabs, and uh, William was doing that for American Transport, the company that he was working for before we went on our own. He was bringing two train cabs. Every trip from Boise to Huntington, West Virginia. It was a big, big oversized deal. And that's what he was doing when I first started, and that's what we did the first few loads. You, you guys were account were you leased were you leased to them or did you, were you doing this when you got your He them? was. He owned yeah. the truck and and he was leasing the he was buying the trailer and Okay, gotcha. And then we ended up we finally purchased the trailer and Gotcha. Just got away from that, and then we ended up. We did a few loads for them after we got out on our own, but that was it. All done with that. The other day, we were coming off. We we were stuck in 
out in um, Wyoming all day because they shut the road down. Okay, right. And uh, we were coming. They finally opened it back up. We were coming off Sherman. We could see Cheyenne. And the brakes started smoking. I was telling Dad this story yesterday. The brakes started smoking. And I always know how to react from how he reacts. And I usually... I've learned that it's not, it's nothing is ever a big deal unless he bails out of the truck and nothing is a big deal. And he, he got it over to the side and did what he did and got into Cheyenne and find, uh, found out that Peterbilt didn't have the caliper that we needed. So we had to get it from Kenworth. And so there was a little bit more time spent there doing that. A lot more money. But he got it fixed up and on the, on down the road we went. So, um, yeah, he's, he has many, many years and experience in all of it, driving mechanic and everything like that. And so that's very helpful for our business for sure. Right. Sure. And then, you know, in terms of music, um, mom bought me the guitar for my birthday when I was 25, 26, and it sat in my living room for two years. I moved back from Boise to Twin Falls. And I started going, I asked dad if he'd teach me how to play it. And I started going out to his house an hour every, like once a week, right? Mm -hmm. And he started teaching me. Mm -hmm. I learned how to play Bobby McGee. You would put little dots on your guitar. That's right. That's right. (laughs) So I could remember the chords. And I do that when I teach, like I have my, my little, my other guitar called Willie. It's smaller. And I teach my cousin's kids how to play it, but just like see all these stickers on it. It had stickers right here, so you play the A, where to put your fingers for the D, or the, my favorite chord, the G. Yeah, so he taught me how to do that, and then I got, I've always been a writer. Like, I've always been, in high school, I was, creative writing was my thing, I liked it. I always wrote poems, always. And when I learned, as soon as I learned, like, four or five chords, I started writing songs. The first song I wrote was about a, um, I worked for a medical courier company out of Boise, Idaho, and I took um, meds to, I delivered to people's houses that were on hospice and different stuff like that, and I delivered um, just different local stuff there, and then eventually I moved back to Twin and delivered all the drugs, I was the drug dealer, I delivered all the pharmaceuticals to all the pharmacies around Twin Falls and surrounding areas. Right. But, um... The first, I can't remember, the first year, maybe the second year I worked there, I had started learning the guitar, and I wrote this song about the company. And on time, anytime, every time, delivery. That's your life, my life, everyone in the company. And it just goes on and on. And again, it mentions all the people, not all the people, but all the characters, some of the characters that I met there. And I sang it at our Christmas party. And I remember the feeling of like, I thought, I'm going to sing this at our Christmas party so everybody can hear it. And then I thought, why would I do that? Why would I go in front of people? And that would be so dumb of me to try to attempt to do. But I like the feeling, that scary feeling. And, uh, and I did it. And I didn't mess it up too bad either. I did it. Yeah. And then, so that was kind of the first... Ever. I never really thought of anything ever coming after that, but I just quit learning to play the guitar and kept writing songs. So it was just, 
I would learn, you know, other people's songs, learn how to cover songs, and then learn maybe a few chords here and there, and then write a song, and then write a bunch more songs, and then rewrite somebody's song, and not really learn, not really progress on the guitar as much as I wish I have. But like I, like I keep saying, I'll learn it. I'll keep learning it. Well, I don't know about you, Driver, but I'd say Mandy Jo Pinheiro is at the top of her game. Here's a little more from that impromptu rendition of Guitar Town. She and Urban Roger Brown were kind enough to play for me, in which we heard at the top. They'll take us home, and until next time, keep it pro out there.
Well, it was close. Well, there you are. I think it was great.